0: Welcome to this might be a podcast. First, a mailbag segment, and let's hear a voicemail from Mike Buffington regarding the Cornmo episode uh, that was uh, a few weeks ago before Christmas. Here's Mike. Hey, Greg. It's Mike
1: Buffington. I just listened to the Cornmo episode, and I wanted to provide a little bit of info um, for that performance of No Cops. It was only a video projection at that Music Hall of Williamsburg show. Um, and I don't remember there being any introduction to it. Just played before the band went on and, um, it's great to hear Cornwell. He's such a great guy and enjoying the podcast. So talk to you later. Bye.
0: Thanks for calling in Mike with that info. Of course you are at that show cause, uh, you put me to shame in your fandom. Mike Buffington, awesome dude. He was on the Sifton episode, uh, last summer Going to be on an exclusive episode real soon. Then we've got an email from Carrie Hearn, who has appeared on the Mrs. Bluebeard episode, as well as the TMBG Strings exclusive Patreon episode. Uh, So here's Carrie. Dear, this might be a pod. Schubert's Winterreise and Dietrich Fischer-Dieskau were pretty unexpected territory to cover in Cornmo's episode. I had no idea Cornmo was into singing classical German leader, and Winterreise is one of my favorite pieces of music. His bandcamp recording of it, performed with accordion accompaniment, is pretty fascinating stuff. In regards to the state songs exclusive. I think it ought to be mentioned that there is, in fact, a lucrative bicycle wreck in John Linnell's past. Whether or not this ex- is exactly what inspired South Carolina, dial song apparently might never have happened if Linnell hadn't broken his arm in a bicycle crash and Flansburg had his apartment burgled in the space of one week. And who can say what TMBG's trajectory would have been without either the additional attention from, or perhaps more importantly, the crucible of dial song to perfect their concisely catchy songwriting in. Thanks for writing in, Carrie. Yes, I've mentioned the uh, John Linnell bike wreck uh, a few times on different episodes. And uh, yeah, that's an important part of the history for launching Dial-A-Song for sure. So, I mean, I never put it together as the, the bike wreck being lucrative because it comes off as a negative thing. But yeah, Dial-A-Song birthing from it uh, was... Uh, in the long run, a good way for the band to get a wider audience. So lucrative, yeah. Thanks for writing in, Carrie. Thanks, Mike. Anyone else, if you want to email us, this might be a pod at gmail. And if you'd like to leave a voicemail, it's 224 801 2930. Thanks. On to the episode. Year after year, though every dream of a pony would end in tears.
1: The cake was lit, and as you blew the candles out, your heart refilled. And every year, your dream was killed. It may take an ocean of whiskey and time to wash all of the lit down out of your mind. And this may not be the thing you requested, but I am the answer to all your prayers.
2: So Michael and niemeyer is that uh, is that right pronunciation? You got it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. It's not an easy one. It's not an entry level last name.
0: Well, I've I've had to become good at this. Having uh, I think you're my sixty second guest I've had.
2: God, that's amazing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you think it was going to do this? Did you think uh, it was going to?
0: I mean, honestly, I had no idea. And and you know, the reason I I hit you up is I was going back through my spreadsheet, and I'm like. Who has been waiting a really long time? And I scrolled (laughs) way down in my Twitter uh, messages and was like, holy shit, uh, birdhouse
2: in your swole. Mike has been waiting (laughs) for a year. Just sitting on that Twitter name, just <laughs> sitting on that Twitter name until you came back to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah, that's why I hit you up in the first place. I'm like, well, what I had done, you know, right off the bat when I started that Twitter was like, well, okay, let me find, they might be Giants fans. So I would go to the team BG Twitter and look at like well, their followers or, like, who is liking mm-hmm. the posts and retweeting the posts and just start following everybody. And I'd find – you know, I was finding so many people that either had – they might be Giants-related names or handles or had something about TMBG, like, right in the bio. So I'm like, okay, these are super fans. I'll follow them. And, like, most of you guys followed me back. And uh, yeah. that's kind of how it steamrolled from there. I'm, I am I, think I, I'm, like, one away from hitting 800 followers, which – is awesome but was also frustrating to me at first how that took off because my band's twitter my uh outdoor <laughs> my outdoor valor twitter which i've had for 9 years is at like 750 so like very like fairly quickly oh, the man. podcast twitter which is only a year old passed up my band's twitter which i've been like working on
2: you know, you know for 9 years I, <laughs> you you uh pinned your luck to a to a star right like a lot of it is just the quality of tmbg that yeah people are just jumping on board
0: and i like to think i'm keeping followers because of the quality of the pod i would hope yes for sure or else they for would sure, die sure. uh, you know you get unfollowers that's how twitter works you know, people, yeah. people unfollow. And I've like, that's why I've been sitting at 799. Like it'll go down to 798. It'll go up. It'll go down. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, 800. Like, come on, like,
2: where is it? Just hit that. Hit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty wild. One of the other recent episodes, careful what you pack, was with a oh, wow. uh, a gal named Lou. And she had been waiting about as long as you had.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'd wait in line for "Careful What You Pack" for a decade. That song is so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about how you picked and then unpicked your song. <laughs> sure. And, and let me know
2: when the podcast has started. You know. Uh, oh yeah, we're.
0: I'm. I'm rolling on both ends. I got you recording. Oh, this oh all, man. Uh, oh no. Yeah. So I guess I should do the proper intro. Oh, before I forget though, I'm trying to. I keep forgetting with most people but i'm starting to take like screenshots of the call just so like because okay you know podcast is a audio medium but i think people like to have a visual of who they're hearing uh are you gonna comb your beard
2: <laughs> okay i'll just i'll just be staring pensively at the else just i like that mm.
0: you don't have glean there that would make more sense
2: <laughs> no i don't have glean on vinyl um
0: oh uh-oh all right you ready Let's go for it. Say TMBG. TMBG. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, because guess who I talked to uh, like about 10 minutes before we got on? This ended up... Marty? uh, Good guess. Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No shit. What? I wasn't planning on this being a doubleheader today, but um, I was starting to hit those guys up again because I haven't had... Danny was on... So this was the third episode he's on. He was on a Patreon episode, kind of about his career. And then he was on an episode about Red Pants Band's song, Pumpkins Are My Favorite Fruit. And so I hit him up again because he's got a new single called Superstar. And um, that just came out like in late November. So I hit him up a week ago. And I'm like, hey, would you want to be on again to talk about that? And he's like, sure. Uh, So then he emails me back and he's like, how about tomorrow? <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay, I already got one scheduled, but let's see. Um, yeah. He's like, I got a gig tonight though, so it can't be too early. I'm like, how about eleven? And so we just talked at eleven, and now, uh, now I'm talking to you. So it's a uh, podcast wow. today. Yeah, wow, that's that's quite a podcast today. Yeah, so I'll I'll be tweeting out a picture of you next to a picture of Danny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a world what a world we're living in yeah. here bud and, and, and um, it's him wearing
0: his official crew sweatshirt it's the the circle tmbg logo and it says Winecoff right on it
2: hot. <laughs> uh, Jeez, that's tight. really really tight yeah
0: yeah it, it's it's awesome i only tried to take up like a half hour of his time though so i knew i could sure. make the scheduling work he's um, busy yeah i think i should probably intro this episode i'll probably hey. put some of what we just talked about in there in the episode but i should like say the intro (laughs) that sounds good to me let's go all right so welcome to this might be a podcast the song by song podcast about the greatest band of all time they might be giants i am your host greg simpson and i am here with a dude who's been waiting a really long time to record his episode this is michael niemeyer and we are going to talk about the song answer off the album glean
2: Michael, what's up? Thank you for having me, Greg. Uh, of I am so excited. I'm so excited for this. Been a been a TMBG fan for quite some time, and when I saw the podcast moving up in the in the Twitterverse, I uh, got excited, and then I uh, put in a couple requests and. Then I waited, and then I waited, and I never <laughs> forgot about it. Um, but uh, but I also, you know, I didn't want to press you. I knew that you, I knew that you were having a bunch of musicians come on and people who you knew, and so I was like, "He'll get to me when he gets to me." And here we are, which is perfect. Yeah,
0: it. Yeah, uh, like we were saying, it really started rolling along in a way that I didn't expect. For sure, you know, getting you know, Marty and Danny on, and then also Mm -hmm. other musicians who happen to be fans. You know, a lot of people I grew up listening to ended up being on like Hutch Harris from the thermals and Mike Park of Asian man records. And it was just crazy. And some of the, so those guys ended up kind of jumping the queue a little bit
2: and uh, getting the yeah. If you have the lead singer from Braid, (laughs) then who wants to listen to a, a small town, uh, volunteer radio <laughs> DJ from uh from South Phoenix, you know? So <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh radio DJ. So this is yeah, so uh Phoenix, I knew you were on Mountain Time, but that's about all I knew.
2: Yeah, well we're on Mountain Time how? half the year, and the other half of the year we uh we so You're we seceded holdouts. from Daylight Savings Time. We never we never joined the club on that. Um yeah. we keep our sanity.
0: It was like that when uh when I, because I grew up in Chicago, I moved to Indiana in uh, 20, no, I mo- yeah, I moved in 2004, mm-hmm. 2005, 2005, okay. moved to Indiana, and at that point, we weren't on Daylight Savings Time either, so we were on Central for half the year and Eastern for the other half of the year.
2: What? I yep. never knew that. I thought yep. Arizona was alone in that, but you've since joined DST?
0: Yeah. When was that? I don't know. It was only a couple of years. And I was kind of bummed out about it because I could manage to stay up for the daily show when we were on Central Time. This is but, your
2: Daylight <laughs> Savings Time Appreciation Podcast. Thank you for yeah. joining us, oh, folks. Oh, yes. Because
0: I don't understand. I think we should have gone to Central Time, but we went to Eastern
2: Time. This so. might be a time zone podcast coming to you. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. So, like me and Danny uh, yeah. have are on the same time zone, even though he's <laughs> like a 10 hour drive from me. Well, Chicago, a two and a half hour drive. I also think you should be on
2: Central. I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee, which was you know that towards the eastern edge of Central, and so Central is just kind of it's pretty. uh, It's kind of like my my baseline, you know. My null hypothesis is Central time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's what I grew up on. So it's it was weird being on Eastern time. Um, So. So you're on the radio. Huh?
2: I'm on the radio. Yeah, I've got a yeah. got a little radio show. Um, it's in a temporary hiatus as I'm finding a new time slot since I'm in a new job. Um, but it's uh, it's called the Sampler with your host DJ Storyboard, and each week I grab different sub and do a deep dive. So it's everything oh. from North Mississippi Hill Country Blues to uh, Afrobeat uh, to oh. like um, I guess I did a uh, Old Soka, like the beginning of Soka, and then I did one that was like entirely Soka from 2018. And I did, uh.
0: I feel like I should know what that is. What is Soka? Uh, no,
2: you're good. You're good. Is that um, short so for something? Soka, um, it's. That is disputed. Uh, there are different takes <laughs> on what it's short for, but essentially <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of a pop version of Calypso that huh. has, uh, it's like influenced reggaeton a bunch. So it's a, uh, Trinidadian, Barbadian, sort oh. of uh, powerful dance music. Uh, it's kind of it's part of their festival culture there. Oh, yeah, that
0: sounds cool. Yeah, it's real fun. Yeah, jeez, I geez, I I've thought I was fairly well versed in uh, world music. I mean, I do teach music. It's to elementary schoolers, but I like to expose them to a lot of oh, stuff. We've definitely teaching, done
2: calypso songs. Teaching music to elementary schoolers. Are you aware of what is this album called? Um, it's a project from Canada from the seventies where this music teacher gets all of his students to sing like pop rock songs at the time, like Desperado and some David Bowie and some, uh, some like good vibrations. And it's Mm -hmm. all of these elementary school students singing these songs that have this eerie discordance and it's all like sad and dark and beautiful. Nice. It's, I, I will think of the name of it midway through the, through this. That's
0: cool. I have not heard that. Um, yeah. And I know you you haven't listened to all the episodes of the pod, but I, yes. I'm i not sure if you heard that I did a unit with my first graders last spring of TMBG songs. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I caught that. I think yeah. I caught that. Um, And it's just so perfect, right? Like, that is... That is exactly what their music is for. Uh, and <laughs> and we their, did, we half did of their two, albums these days.
0: So we did kids songs, but we mm-hmm. also did Dr. Worm and Mammal, which, which were officially off of adult albums.
2: Uh, so nothing but too dark. also officially off of adult albums, but kind of before they really realized how much they enjoy making full length kids albums. And those are songs that for sure would have been on kids albums if they were released today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. Mammal is so good. Uh, that was a lot of fun to play on piano. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about your fandom of they might be giants. When and how did you get into TMBG?
2: Yeah, well, um, so I was thinking about this and it was, so I had a friend Kyla who is pretty, uh, important to my love of TMBG we were friends a little bit in elementary school, and then we became close friends in middle school. In elementary school, she showed me... Um, she would, like, sing lyrics to me that weren't exactly They Might Be Giants, but she thought she was singing They Might Be Giants songs. So, like, uh, <laughs> you know, a rock to wind a string around, sort of that era of um, a lot of Flood stuff. Uh, and so I, I knew about them from her, and then my birthday, maybe seventh grade. So that would have been, um, oof, I'm older than I've ever been. And now I'm even older. Um, <laughs> that would have been 2003, something like that. Um, well, I guess it actually would have been later than that. I'm sorry. I so you're not it, old as I've ever been. so, so I am not as old as you've old. ever been. Hopefully <laughs> someday, someday I'll get there. So she <laughs> yeah. gave me... You'll um, never catch
0: up to me though. Sorry. I'm uh, winning the old race.
2: That is fair. <laughs> um, so it would have been actually 2005. So maybe it wasn't seventh grade um, because she gave me a user's guide to They Might Be Giants when it came cool. out. So that's nice. one of their compilation albums. Has It's a really good breadth of their songs. Yeah. Um, Minimum wage, Meet James Enzor, uh Purple Toupe, She's an Angel, Don't Let's Start in the Classics, but then also like John Lee Super Taster and We're the Replacements and Spider.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the track list right now. Yeah, it's got the hits, but it's also got I think like what you'd call deep cuts, but that are fan favorite deep cuts.
2: Yeah, like like The Statue Got Me High in New York City. Like those songs. And, and frankly, it's also got like Boss Me, which was uh, a little more current at the time. Bangs is one of those songs that made me absolutely love They Might Be Giants because I was involved in a lot of theater as a child. Um, and so I thought you were going to like, say you were a barber. What's that? thought
0: you <laughs> were going to say you were a barber.
2: Yes, I was a barber <laughs> as a child. Um, no, I was involved in a lot of theater. And so the line that's like the pres- a proscenium to stage a face that wears no makeup was like, yeah. I know what a proscenium is. Ah, I'm
3: so excited.
2: Um, and, yeah. And how many other rock bands have used that word? In a song? I think yeah. probably very few. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going out there and saying, I don't think that there's a train song that says uh, proscenium. <laughs> I think probably probably correct there.
0: So, so that's what got me started.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah. And then after that, you know, it was the mid 2000s and torrenting was alive and well and the statute of limitations has expired. So uh, <laughs> so I pretty much downloaded their entire discography um, of studio albums. Yeah. Uh, but what really started getting the fire burning was I started listening to the podcast well, the TMG right. podcast, which yeah, which hasn't been active for years. No, it's it's a tragedy, but it's so good. You hear so many deep cuts. Um, yeah. yeah, And there was this version of she was a hotel detective, and I now know that it's the no parentheses she was a hotel detective.
0: Right. Very uh, confusingly. Yeah, yeah.
2: That one has parentheses. She was a hotel. She was a hotel detective. Right, no parentheses. Right, yeah. She was a hotel detective and then she was a hotel detective in the 31st century or whatever. Um, and I heard that version and it's got John Linnell doing his like falsetto. How can I sing like a girl sound? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just gorgeous. And so that really cemented my love for them. And then my brother got into them too. And it's something that we, it's a shared passion of ours. We saw them at Bonnaroo together. He's bought me tickets for their shows when they came through town. So how many times have you seen them? Um, I've seen them three times. I've seen them three times, and it's it's unfortunate. My impression is that I've seen them for not very good shows um, because I've seen some of their some of their YouTube clips that rock. And Bonnaroo was a great show. That was 2010. That was a really fun show. But then the two that I've seen in concert settings were through Tempe, Arizona, and mm-hmm. they were at the Marquee, which is. Uh, medium sized venue that was like an eighth full like people didn't show wow. up. What it's the hell? Super weird. It's right next to ASU, right? It's right next to the largest university in the US. Um but, you know, they have an East huh. Coast vibe and they're I more yeah. intellectual and so I think that the um Is
0: that the party school? Is that the one that gets voted yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. biggest party school?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Undie Run crowd and all that. Uh so I think that the <laughs> the frat brothers of ASU did not did not squat up for for TMBG. Um, a shame. So I saw them on a Nanobots tour, then I saw them on just a general tour. Nice, so yeah,
0: yeah, cool, cool. So uh, Glean, let's talk about Glean. Yeah. So Glean Glean was a part of the 2015 Dial a Song cycle, and it came out um, right at the beginning of that. Uh so yeah it came out. Yeah, it was like the first
2: it was fifteen of the first twenty songs, something like that.
0: Yeah, okay, so April twenty first. Oh yeah, I I was I was thinking it came out earlier in twenty fifteen. April twenty first, twenty fifteen, uh it was their seventeenth album and um it had so it starts with the only other Glean song I've had an episode on is A race. Yes, which was that with Bob Nana, and Mm -hmm. it's cool that you're a uh, Braid fan. It's always hard to – I was talking about this with Danny. Like, it's kind of hard to pin down they might be Giants fans into what other stuff they like – because they might be giants are such an anomaly in that they grab fans from all over the place. People that listen to all other kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, and so, emo is not one of the genres that I find uh, most people listening to that. Lifetime. So I
2: actually, I wasn't listening to braid until that episode came out. Oh and really? Was like, okay. Ooh, this is a fun <laughs> band. Um, I intentionally <laughs> listened to that episode, uh, last week to prepare for this recording. Um, cause I was like, I want to hear what they've said about glean. Um, okay.
0: so are you a braid fan now?
2: <laughs> i i really enjoyed uh, what was played um but emo's not my scene so it's that you know i have okay. a hundred different genres that i have enjoyed but not dug into i would say that my clearly i mean you host the uh, po-
0: uh well i was gonna say you should turn your radio show into a podcast or have yeah. it be both have you ever well, thought about
2: that yeah the problem is um you know, it's very different processes getting the legal rights to send music over the airwaves than it is right. to get the rights to have people stream it on demand. Mm-hmm. So I would have to effectively purchase the rights to every song that I play because really? I would be yeah, because I would be posting them up as on-demand streaming uh, songs. And so True.
0: yeah, I well I have coverage through I'm on the punknews.org network.
2: Um, I guess who, if I got with a the network, they might have coverage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they have, it's it's still kind of a weird gray area, even though podcasts have been around for a while mm-hmm. um, w- with that. So I do have some protection. And also, I almost never play entire songs mm-hmm. unless they are approved by the artist. Like if, like when I have Bob Nana, yeah, like sometimes exactly. I'll play an entire song, uh, but usually it's like I have explicit artists from, or explicit, you know, approval to do that from the artist. But when I'm playing TMBG or whatever, it's usually like a minute clip, yep. you know, just so the episodes don't become too long, you know, as For sure, Yeah. So yeah, um, I, I could see that'd be tricky because you play entire songs. Yeah.
2: So, so there's tons of, of, uh, genres that I've really enjoyed and gotten a little bit into, but I would say that my biggest handful would be, uh, folk, New Wave and I don't know, it, is Black Sabbath a genre? Um, <laughs> <laughs> early uh, hard rock yeah, and metal. Early, early early metal. Heavy metal. Um, yeah. But yeah, which I mean, honestly, like folk and new wave, probably the two biggest contributors to TMBG's sound, right? Like you might yeah, say indie yeah. rock, Especially but also they invented right. so much of the sound of indie rock that it's like, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's that kind of thing where well, yeah, I, I in the '80s, indie rock wasn't really a term. I think college rock was a term for the same kind of music that became known as indie rock. So, stuff that wasn't you know was a little under the radar. Um, Like, yeah, I was just talking with Danny, and he he brought up um, a band that he played in called uh, the uh, the Bell Tower, and he's like, we were kind of influenced by early R.E.M. And I'm like, yeah, R.E.M. was one that was an underground band and they, you know, would have been called college rock or underground rock or something. Indie rock hmm. didn't really become a thing yet. So I would say they might be giants along with bands like R.E.M., even though they don't sound all that similar. Well, I guess maybe some TMBG songs, but uh, yeah. kind of invented well, indie <laughs> rock, paved the way for what would be known as indie rock yeah, yeah and, and, and new wave, you know, to... <laughs> Um, I think they were kind of lumped in with New Wave just because they're hard to categorize and they always have been they're so
2: hard to categorize Um, and I think it's unfair to them to try to like you know we're also getting to the point where just the genre walls are breaking down from everybody like even radio like billboard charting songs are breaking down the boundaries between rock, pop and rap Right. Right. Like the rappers are starting to sing
0: a little bit, you know, you get, yeah, it's, it's definitely. And I think the internet has a lot to play, uh, play into that and streaming services and YouTube, just because people like Billie Eilish, even though she's never heard of Van Halen (laughs) has obviously taken in a lot of different music you know, and helped that. And and her brother actually writes uh, most of her songs, yeah, I, I believe, yeah. still.
2: Um, I'm I only, to a podcast about her. Yeah. <clears throat> she's an What's artist that? I only know from her Nardwar interview, um, which is like a that. weird introduction <laughs> to an artist. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that. Is, is,
2: should I check that out? <laughs> oh, you don't know who Nardwar is? Yeah. No, I, I, I do, but I haven't heard oh. that episode. Uh, it's fine. It was halfway through a two hour binge and I was like, Oh, what about this one? And then I was like, yeah. okay, I still don't yeah. care about this artist. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she has awesome songs.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I, I learned about her through a podcast. I, I will gladly plug again, uh, po- a podcast that I've had a, had crossover episodes with called and introducing. And so they talk about musician biographies and articles about musicians and they, they've kind of just gradually started doing like introductions to musicians and kind of like, uh, you know, Reader's Digest version of like, you know, the good introduction to people. So they had, and introducing Billie Eilish. And uh, those two were on the Hypnotist of Ladies episode. And I was nice. on an episode, you know, as a folky, you you might like listening to the episode of their podcast. I appeared on one talking about Woody Guthrie's autobiography, Bound for Glory.
2: Yeah. Which is my yes. favorite I my just favorite saw. music
0: biography of all time.
2: I just saw Arlo. Um in Minneapolis really? or in St. Paul last month. Yeah, who are yeah. You way up there for, <laughs> uh, hanging out with my mama. I'm going to yeah. see some Arlo Guthrie. Uh, he's another musician who I've seen, I guess this was our fourth time seeing him my fourth time, her third time, uh, seeing Arlo. <laughs> he's in my pantheon of musicians, oh, yeah. um, yeah. along with Pete Seeger. Who's sure. just, yeah, the, these are things that
0: I'm buying, uh, I have excuse to buy more children's albums now. And other than the TMBG and Red Pants Band stuff, I've been buying a lot of, uh, I mean, it's stuff I've used in, in teaching, too. Uh, Pete Seeger. Clap um, Your Hands. Yeah, and versions yeah. of stuff like um, I do I Bought Me a Cat. Uh, Pete Seeger's mm-hmm. version of that is very good. And uh, Woody Guthrie stuff, like we do the Car Song. Uh, this Land is Your land, obviously, is an elementary school staple. Um,
2: right. That was Woody and Lee Hayes
0: even though no one does the fourth verse about uh, how he didn't think people
2: should be able to own property. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> his what a true, what a true yeah. G from back in the day. <laughs> right, you gotta right. love those commie daddies. Um, yeah, You should yeah. check
0: out that episode. That was really fun. Molly yeah, and Chris yeah, yeah. do a good job and introducing yeah Woody Guthrie. Uh, so anyway, back to um, Glean. So you listen to the Erase episode and yes. this is only the second episode on a Glean song. And, When I talked to you, like, a year ago, you (laughs) actually picked Good to Be Alive. Yeah. And and then last week, (laughs) last week, we're like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, so let's do this. And you're like, you know, I was was re-listening to Glean, and Good to Be Alive is, like, my 13th out of 15 songs.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so why did you pick it yeah, to that, be live a year ago? Were you just changed. like jamming on it? it? It changed. I think the other songs grew on me and that song stayed where it was. Um, oh.
0: And so. That's a great song too. I love it, the the robo backing vocals on that one. <laughs>
2: yes. I, that's yeah. one of the, that's one of the best <laughs> parts um, to me, not to throw shade, but I think underwater woman is the, kind of the least interesting song on this album to me. Um, And then the rest of them are all so good that it's really hard. Like, I think I I texted you a list of what about one of these songs? And there were like three others that I was like, Ooh, but I do want to do end of the rope. Um, And all the lazy boyfriends is Mm. an incredible and beautiful song.
0: That's my, uh, I think that would be my choice of, flansberg jam on this album
2: yeah yeah
0: though good to be alive is great and so for anyone listening if you uh really want to be on the pod and uh good to be <laughs> alive has been vacated uh so that's that's Oops. available so then uh yeah so then i coaxed you you mentioned answer so i, mm-hmm. I coaxed coaxed you to pick an answer because it is my number one song off of glean
2: yes and it's well. I don't want to jump too far ahead. It's a very, very, very good Linnell song. I think you <laughs> mentioned on a on the Erase episode that like Erase and Answer just feel like Linnell playing his whole hand, right? Like going all right. in, yeah. full full Linnell sitting, power, sitting
0: sitting right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, in, in like modern era, TMBG, which. Which I did want to talk about. I want to talk about that
2: distinction.
0: I yeah. Have some okay. Theories. Yeah. Sure. Let's get into that because this song I think fits in. Someone was mentioning this on Facebook too, in like one of the Facebook groups um, about they had made a Spotify playlist of strictly they had they had they had said that in modern era TMBG that sometimes they kind of settle into this pop rock mode and mm-hmm. they've gotten really good at it. Um, and he's like, it's way different than their roots, but they've kind of discovered that they're really good at writing these pop rock songs that may not be as weird as other songs. Mm-hmm. Still may be weird lyrically, but th- they've got like this, they've figured out that they're really good at just like rocking out now. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if Answer was on that playlist, but I think it fits into that that group. So w- let's go ahead and talk about that. So what... Uh, where would you draw the line between, I don't know, I guess you call it classic TMBG and modern TMBG.
2: So I would draw it. I would say that the first, um, obviously there is a through line. The first song on an album that I'm like, this is not classic TMBG, mm-hmm. um, would be, uh, I feel like broken too off of the spine. If they released that this year, instead of in 2004, I would believe it. Um, Mm -hmm. but then the else is honestly, that's the pivot point. And I think that the else is like its own transitional sound. It is like, you were talking about how it was the Duff brothers, uh, Duffy brothers. It's like, dust brothers, Duffy brothers Brothers is stranger things. Stranger (laughs) things. I was like, I I caught myself on that. Um, (laughs) that it is an, like, it's its own unique sound. The else is, it's also my favorite. They might be giants album. Oh, nice, nice choice. Which is, there aren't a lot of things that I can feel... I'm not saying that I like it so much more than every other album, but it is definitively my favorite, which is rare for me. Usually I'm like, I could list the top 10, um, but in no particular order. Um, Yeah, where would I put it?
0: I don't know. Us music nerds like making lists. I mean, Apollo 18 is definitely my favorite. I'd probably go...
2: No hard feelings there.
0: Apollo 18, Lincoln... Mm, mink car the else okay and i think i think both of us would be weird both of us are weird for listing the else because i think a lot of people would disagree with us and they're wrong uh uh, (laughs) but mink car especially me putting mink car at three you know i had a patreon episode that was the great mink car debates because that had become clear to me in these facebook groups that and also that they might be shitposting group. <laughs> there, are people, there are people that are just very vocal about Mink Car being their worst album, and I'm like, no, it is one of their best albums. And so we had a debate, a debate team style, uh, two on two, if- a- about Mink Car's uh, validity as uh, one of their better albums or one of their worst albums. So <laughs> yeah, but the else is another one too, partially because of the Dust Brothers, even though. They only did like five or six of those songs Um, because the mixes are different. It's louder guitars, like a bigger drum presence, drum programming that's more in your face. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's why I love it because I'm a rock dude and I came out of punk and it's their most punk album.
2: (laughs) It is their most punk album. It's their most rock album. And I think it's their album that has the... The fewest songs that I don't want to listen to on repeat for three hours. Um,
0: <laughs> there are so many bangers on that. I've been really hitting Withered Hope hard. On your uh, Take Out
2: the Trash episode, which was powerful um, and very good. Uh, yes, thanks. You, yeah, shout out th- to Mari Morton. Yeah, I think Mari mentioned that the second, or one of you mentioned that the second half of The Else you didn't think stood up to the first half. And yeah, they were saying that. Oh how I disagree. Um the Shadow Government and Be of the Bird of the Moth. Be of the bird of the moth? How could that not stand up to something? That's a
0: uh,
2: I know. Very I've fun also song. seen hate
0: I've also seen hate, maybe not hate, but dismissing of Mesopotamians. I'm like, you're just No. Mesopotamians is amazing. That's like I mean, I think maybe I'm guilty of you know, I gave Istanbul a kind of lower score. Mm-hmm. I think Mesopotamians is guilty of the same thing where it's maybe overplayed. Yeah. Mesopotamians, Mesopotamians doesn't is grab only any, 12 like, years the 12 songs on this
2: album. Really? Um I think it is very very clever lyrically and it doesn't do as much work musically. Uh um, Yeah,
0: I I'd say it fits more in the what I was just saying about them finding this pop yes, rock for sure. wheelhouse. But I think as far as if I were making a playlist like that guy uh, of their best pop rock songs, Mesopotamians would be close to the top. And I've appreciated it even more after covering it a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've been to the, this might be a podcast.bandcamp.com. We have a bandcamp page. Yeah. When we did the live Don't let Start episode, we had a big tribute concert with a bunch of people and I played bass on Mesopotamians and I don't, do it exactly like Danny because I'm not that good, but the bass part on Mesopotamians and just that chorus and the backing vocals against the lead vocals. It's just, Oh my God. It's just perfect Linnell craftsmanship. Yeah. uh, Kind of like answer. is (laughs) is <laughs> and maybe we should stop talking about the else so much because we're not talking about a song off the else upside it, down it, it, is the
2: best tmbg song of all time um, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> personal opinion so yeah so then by the time that you get to join us it is extremely clear that we are in a new era of they might be giants and Glean i might put the turning point
0: the... i might put the turning point at the spine you might be uh, that far back just because i feel like Minkar, one of my favorites and the reason it is one of my favorites is that it still has so many weird, weird tracks and so many genre experiments um, that it fits into... I, I claim that it is their most eclectic album since The Pink Album. That's that's my yeah. pitch for Minkar. Uh, and then The Spine. I was actually disappointed by The Spine at first. And I even... So I was making lists for punknews.org, end-of-the-year lists... And I'm ashamed of this now, but for my top 20, we would also sometimes have Biggest Disappointments of 2004. And I put the spine on the list of my Biggest Disappointments of 2004. But that was because I hold them to such a high standard. And at the time, coming off a Mink Car, I was like, these are just rock songs. And now... I listen back and I'm like, no, there's weird ones. Mm-hmm. There's, there's weird songs on there. Some crazy um, bastard
2: wants to hit like, Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a weird song. Yeah. That's uh, uh, a weird song. Stock of wheat, which I've also covered. Oh, that, stock uh, of wheat is gorgeous. Uh, way out of left field. Um, so I've since realized the error of my ways. It's not one of my favorite They Might Be Giants albums, but I love totally. it and I love okay. it. And that's where, so that's probably why i draw the line there where they mm-hmm. kind of made a shift from we're going to do a shitload of weird songs to yes. we're just going to do a handful of weird
2: songs. Yeah, so to me, <laughs> to me definitely the Spine and the else are like, um, they are transitional TMBG that sits Plus right the between... First,
0: the first Marty albums.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. sits so right between classic and uh, m- modern. I don't know, current. Sure.
0: Yeah, and, and and I mean the the spine was fifteen years ago. The else was thirteen years ago. All mm-hmm. right. Yeah, twelve years ago. I mean, we're almost to twenty twenty. Yeah, let's it's, um, call thirteen. Actually, you're going to be you're yeah. going to be the first episode of twenty twenty, I believe. It's twenty twenty, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, I wonder if they might be giants have ever covered Auld Lang Syne. They've played a lot of New Ooh, Year's Eve shows. I bet they have.
2: <laughs> I, I bet um, they have, too. Yeah. That was my, that was my, uh, Duke of Dead Air podcaster. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, every once in a while I still go, it's 2007, everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. i uh, my other
2: 6A or whatever that was.
0: Yeah. On my other podcast, Best Midwestern, which uh, posts much less regularly. And I'm not going to totally, I'm going to blame my co-host Scott on that. (laughs) I'm not going to blame this might be a podcast, but Best Midwestern, all about Midwestern music. Um, We, me and him, we, and he's very outspoken and and loud guy. And we, we often will sink into like intentionally like Morning shock, jock radio. Like, you know, not not like taking on those. Well, sometimes we will take on those voices and I'll put like sound effects in and shit, like rim shots or like boing, like, just because yeah. it's, uh, oh, you know, we get, yeah, we get silly. Uh, but, but I digress. Uh, so I more often go
2: into the NPR voice. That's sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I'm going to whisper
2: gently into your ear like Ira Glass. This is. This might be a podcast coming to you <laughs> through your listening devices. We are Very supported gently. in part by our Patreon supporters and
0: yeah, yeah. Who's who's going to give me my first official ad so I can start making actual money off this?
2: That's a good question. Yeah. Go to NatureBox. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, me undies. Uh-huh. Um, Let's <laughs> just start Madrizes. trying. Let's see if one of them sticks. Throw spaghetti at the wall. Hell, it worked for Stephen
0: Colbert. I'll just start like chomping on some Doritos. Casper
2: mattresses.
0: Yeah. Oh, my Casper mattress is great. Yeah. I think you need to get into like the tens of thousands of downloads before anyone's going to put an ad on. Let's get there. But yeah, seriously, uh, I just need to get the Johns on an episode. That'll do it. That'll do it. So I think we can safely say to get back on track, and I love a good tangent-filled episode. We're at 50 minutes right now, and we have not talked about the song. Well, uh, to be
2: fair, we were on for 20 before you gave the intro. Okay, yeah, so. Yeah.
0: so maybe we're not at 50 minutes, but we're, we're at a half hour at least. Yeah, for and sure. And so we can safely agree that Glean is in the modern era
2: of TMG. I, I will fight anyone who disagrees. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not a fighter. <laughs> yeah, callers, call in. If you think it yeah. isn't a modern song, call in.
0: So the song Ant, uh, Erase was the first first song released of the dial song cycle mm-hmm. but answer was what they considered the first single and it was actually released as a single i believe on cd wild um, to me that erase wasn't um, yeah i yeah. mean did they call it a single at some point i don't know But answer was the did. first one and yeah. it was released in july of 2015 which is the after album came the out album in april out. so i don't know that doesn't make sense um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway they released it as a single and apparently like it has its own artwork for like a, a promo that went out to you know radio stations and stuff i assume mm-hmm. and i think they were correct in making this the lead single i have no yes. problem with a race being a single but answer like i said my favorite song on the record and mm-hmm. i forced you to do the song for the episode nine. <laughs> you did suggest it i was just like yes let's, i did let's yeah, do yeah answer. And
2: it, it's it is among my favorites i couldn't pick a favorite song on this album uh, answer is tied for it with four other songs so
0: yeah yeah so answer is uh in that Linnell Wheelhouse and the pop rock i mean a lot of kind of like acousticy pop rock so the you know fitting into your uh your your favorite genres it's got that i mm-hmm. wouldn't call it a folk song but it's a very strong uh acoustic guitar presence on mm-hmm. this song um with a very kind of bouncy you know, four on the floor kind of beat. And it's just that Linnell melody. Like, I don't know how he writes melodies like he does. My hypothesis, and I've said before on the podcast, is that as a keyboardist, I think he writes his vocal melodies as a keyboard melody yep. and then finds words to fit into that keyboard melody that he wrote, which is how I do a lot of things. Keyboard yep. is a good way to look at, oh, it's descending, it's ascending, there's leaps, there's stepwise motion, you know, and his melodies are just like they're undeniable. And And this song is undeniably...
2: And I know an ear, that it's earworm, been a new feature of their musical style in general, but I have seen it more often on Linnell songs that are very lyrically based, like "A Race and Answer," where he mm. does this monotone, but um, but 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 in the background, um, like for the music, as uh-huh. a way to accent the lyrics, um, and to me, like that is. This isn't a diss. That's like him being proud and wanting to show off these lyrics. Like, to me, that's how I interpret it, is that Linnell's like, oh, yes, I pinned a good one. Let's make the yeah. <laughs> music not distract you during the verse, then it'll get fun and exciting during the chorus and the bridge, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Bob and I talked about that on a race, you know, you, yeah. you heard it when we played the 8-bit cover, yeah. where uh, it was like... <laughs>
3: boop, 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 boop.
0: We're like, oh, it's just one note there. Like we almost didn't realize because the lyrics are so good.
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think it's very intentional.
0: Yeah. So I think I'm sure he's got a bunch of different ways that he comes up with his songs. Most good songwriters will, you know, be inspired by, you know, working on different instruments. I don't know. Maybe he writes some songs on accordion. Maybe he writes some on keyboard. Maybe some he comes up with a clarinet or saxophone lick first. I don't know, and this is why I want to talk to you, John Linnell. I want to know. <laughs> uh, teach me your songwriting secrets, uh, uh, and you know, don't be afraid. I will never best you at your home game ever, ever. I want to know. So, uh, yeah. So, answer. Um, I think the entirety of it has a good melody. There's no like big yes. single note sections. It is moving around. It is great lyrics and great melody throughout. There's not a part of the song that I don't love.
2: Yeah. Fully agreed. Um Yeah, and and ah, I I'm losing it. Um <laughs> During the During the chorus, it's hard to say what's the chorus in this, but uh I would the say chorus, it's the all this time. That's what I would call it. You think chorus. that's the chorus. Oh, I was thinking from it may take an ocean of whiskey and time down to the end of that.
0: I would call that the pre course Oh. <laughs> and the reason being, uh, and later we will get to the cover section, uh, is that the chord progression changes significantly on all this time. It hits, you know, a different, it changes the progression to lock into that more powerful section. So, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, it's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter all that much how you, uh, uh name the sections of the song, but, uh, yeah. both sections are very good. The ocean of whiskey and time is a great, great line. Oh my God. <laughs> I absolutely before, are. Are we moving yeah, into lyrics b- now? Then? You is know, that? before we get to lyrics, I guess the one thing, and I want to play a live version of this that you yeah. may or may not have seen because, uh, and I believe the credits on the wiki are correct in that accordion is the only instrument that Linnell plays in the song. I don't believe there's any other keyboards. You know, it's got a strong acoustic guitar presence, Mm -hmm. uh, guitar, bass, drums, you know, it's their pop rock groove, you know, guitar, bass, drums. Uh, But then accordion is what Linnell is playing and it's got these cool little descending licks like the, um, Oh, what's the part where it has the, it's like the third verse. Um, Mm. You ask for dark, I tend to sunburn. I ask for a handsome, well, can't help you there.
3: Make of that what you will. <laughs> that's, and I it mean, goes d the d.
0: It has yeah, it has this little descending like cluster chord on the accordion that I just love. Ooh, so then I went yeah. looking for live versions, and yep. with modern songs, they tend to play them pretty much straight up how the album goes, and that's and that's fine. But I found one on they played Conan, which they very often do he's a dream guest to have on this podcast as well. Come on, Conan or Andy Richter, uh, either of those dudes. Um, and so I'm going to send you a link to this if you haven't seen it and you can take a peek. Um, because what Linnell does not play accordion on it. He plays, uh, his, his standard keyboard and like more of like a piano type sound. Uh, so I'm sending that to you right now if you want to take a peek at Mm -hmm. that. So, I'm going to drop this in and you can hear Linnell uh, doing his thing, but playing the keyboard on Conan. This is May 6th, 2015. So this yeah. is just prior to the album glean coming or no, it had come no, out like it, a it month, month before, yeah. like a month before. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out.
1: Please welcome back our old friends. They might be giants. Yeah. Year after year, the way Every dream of a pony would end in tears The cake was lit and as you blew the candles out Your heart refilled And every year Your dream was killed It may take an ocean of whiskey And time to wash all of the lead down Out of your mind And this may not be the thing you expected But I am the answer to your prayers all this time interested ages have been eavesdropping upstairs when will you realize that I am the an answer to all your prayers you ordered well they brought you medium rare you what could fair.
2: <laughs> and in response,
1: a clap of this could be the
2: covers section I mean this is Yeah, you think you, you think it's that different? Um yeah, that section is in It's not all different. Yeah. But the Ocean of Whiskey and Time is very very is distinct, very distinct.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Wait, is Miller playing?
2: Yeah, so Miller's playing
0: acoustic, mm-hmm. and Flansburg's Flansburg is playing. Yeah, like a, a kind of subdued electric part, at least on yes. the verses. And yeah, Linnell doesn't even start playing until the all this time. So there you go towards uh-huh. my 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 saying that that's the chorus. No, nope, he's playing. Comes in
2: <laughs> ocean of whiskey and time. He's
0: playing on the first time through. He does not touch the keyboard until okay. all this time but he does play that the throughout second the one rest he of does. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I see what you're getting at. And so piano instead of accordion now on the Elm version the accordion is not like super loud. You can hear mm-hmm. it playing. It kind of keeps the backbeat along with the snare, but then there's like I said those little, that little cluster chord, those other little parts that I really miss in this mm-hmm. live version.
2: Yeah. Um, what I do
0: love though is Miller and Flans doing the backup vocals. All this, ah, you know, <laughs> for sure. Doing that tight harmony. Um, but there's one other thing I wanted to draw your attention to, and I watched this a couple of times. There's a moment, hold on, let me find the timestamp here. And this would be mainly for you to watch. It's not so much an audio thing, but in the final chorus. Okay, so if you start at three minutes. There's a part where it pans over to, it comes over to Flansburg and it, (laughs) he backs away from the mic, but this is definitely a nerdy moment. He backs away from the mic, but you can still hear, I think, you can still hear the vocal harmony going on, even though he has closed his mouth and stepped away from the mic. And I'm like, don't tell me the Miami Giants are pumping in backup vocals. (laughs) So it started you, at three minutes, and around I, 3.08, Flansburgh yeah, yeah, yeah. backs away from the mic. Now listen, you can still hear a harmony. Miller is still singing, but I, I can hear a harmony.
2: I think that's distortion on Miller's mic. Let me listen again. <laughs> I'm starting conspiracy theories. It's a true crime TMBG podcast.
0: <laughs> Do you see that? It's like, there's even yeah. like, he doesn't even sing his last note. Like it moves up, and the little harmony moves up, and I swear to God, you can hear two voices I, doing the Oz. But Flansburg has clearly stepped away and closed its mouth. I trust
2: the <laughs> so, musician's ear, man. Um, and people should go watch this. Let's, you
0: know, I don't want to start any conspiracy theories that they're like when, uh, which, which one of the was that Ashley Simpson or who was the younger Simpson oh, singer, Jessica Simpson? Jessica, no, it was Ashley's the younger one, or whoever the younger right? one was, was on SNL. The SNL thing. Yeah, and there was some technical difficulty where the music it was revealed that she yeah. was lip syncing or singing along with a backup.
2: And to be clear, Johns, we're not saying you are.
0: <laughs> Definitely not saying that. <laughs> I just watched this a couple of times and I'm like, wait, what just happened there? <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> You can tell that that they're not, I mean, at least Linnell, you can tell the differences from the studio version to his. He's not, you know, there's some little rhythmic differences in the tone of his voice, you know. Yes. You should be able to tell, like, a live musician is moving around a little bit. Even if you're anchored to a keyboard, there's going to be some differences. For sure. Uh, It won't be as clean. But anyway, so I just wanted to show you that, mainly not for that purpose, but to... Let people hear the piano There's, version yeah, as opposed to the accordion I, version.
2: I really. Did Why that. wouldn't he
0: bring the accordion? Why wouldn't I mean? It's easier to carry to the studio <laughs> to the to yeah, studio. It's
3: it true. would have
2: been a lighter load to bring the. accordion. Did they play like the other songs in that set? Could it just be that they had other keyboard songs and he was like, "Whatever, we'll just bring uh, the keyboard."
3: I don't
0: know if Conan has them do like extra songs, like. Uh, okay. But, I mean, it's the typical late-night thing. I think they yeah. just played that song. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I didn't really search a, a whole bunch of other live videos. If he typically does this on keyboard, I think he may, rather than accordion. I don't know why. But hmm. this is the song that has not mutated too much. Uh, no. They pretty much play it like it is. So, you know, some of the old tunes, the duo-era songs, I'll play a bunch of live versions if it's mutated over the years. But this one pretty much... They, they keep it where it's at, but um, here we go. They might be Giants did answer on a live studio 101.9 kink <laughs> Skype live studio, and he's at the keyboard. Nice. Not at the accordion. So Okay.
2: Oh, well. That's, well, there you, know. you have it, listeners.
0: It's Linnell. I'll trust it to his judgment. He wants to play it on keyboard live. That's fine.
2: <laughs> it is a weird choice to release. Like I don't think that there even is a released alternate version on keyboard. Like the only release is nope. the diala song, which was on Glean, which is a, which is a, an accordion. Yeah, um, this is it.
0: Like on the wiki, um, there's the chronology tab where it'll show you past versions or live versions, and it's it's pinked out, which means when it's when it's pink or peach or whatever you want to call that color. If it's blue, you can click on it. If it's yep. peach, you cannot click on it. So there are no other versions. There's no officially released live versions on any live Elms. There's no, you know, demo. Yeah, demo. There's no sure. other versions. So that's it. Accordion. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm an accordionist. I want you know. I I hate yeah. to see him ditching. You want to see the representation?
2: Songs. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It. It. I love Weird Al. Absolute. <laughs> absolute. Love anyone for who that, doesn't, man,
0: anyone who doesn't love Weird Al should is a uh, Cannot be trusted. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. it's yeah. an untrustworthy
2: fool um, <laughs> who doesn't even know their own opinions because everybody loves Weird Al. Um, but it is, I will say, a little unfortunate that he is kind of the only well-known accordionist right now, other than John Linnell, um, who is not bringing his accordion to the stage, uh, apparently, because like. <laughs> accordion gets stamped as a comedy, like as a comedy staple, right? Like it's only yeah. seen as a comedy ins- instrument People in see it
0: as a, people see it as a polka instrument yep. and to most people, polka is a genre that is either has aged out and they don't like it mm-hmm. or they only want to hear it if it's like Oktoberfest or whatever.
2: Sure. Yeah. I guess there is a little bit of that.
0: I think a lot um, of people find polka kind of a funny genre, which it was not so. designed to be, but a lot of people think it sounds silly. I don't. But I'm Polish, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate, you know. Um, though I would say that there was a slight accordion resurgence in indie rock circa 2003 to 2005 when the Arcade Fire put out their first two albums. That is and good point. the And the Decemberists were releasing albums that featured uh, the accordion on certain songs. And... Arcade Fire has since ditched it and went to like a synthy dance rock thing. And Decemberists have released some more harder rocking albums and albums that I think they'll still have ones with accordion time to time. But you're right in that if you're going to see a band live that is in the rock genre, uh, Weird Al, Weird Al Rocks, I'm going to put them in the rock genre. It would be Weird Al or They Might Be Giants are the only two to really have be well known for playing the accordion. Yeah. 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 You know? And he'll, you know, he still plays accordion plenty on their live sets. I saw them in yeah. uh, 2018 on the, I like fun tour. What,
2: what was the most recent show you saw of them? Ooh, it probably was uh 2000, maybe f- 13 or 14.
0: Okay. Yeah. And he rocked the accordion a fair amount. That it was set, the I year,
2: imagine. the year after nanobots. So I was there for a nanobots tour and then I was there the year after as well. And again, shout out to my brother for getting me those tickets. Uh, a, a medium-level energy They Might Be Giants uh, set is still a fantastic one. In fact, I it was at one of those shows that I um, I did not have my radio show at the time, um, but I was uh, trying to meet them. I've met a number of celebrities by being in places where I wasn't supposed to be. Um, uh-huh. and so I tried to meet them by like going back and saying that I was working for uh, the ASU newspaper, which I knew the name of at the time. Um, And that I was like, planning to interview them for the music section. Um, And so like, I got to their tour bus, but I didn't get onto their tour bus. Like I got around back in the security gates. um, And I got up to the tour bus, but I didn't get inside the tour bus with that story. Well, so how do you get turned away? Uh, they asked for a press pass. And, and, uh, I think it was their manager at the time was like, I don't remember having this conversation with the newspaper. And I was like, oh yeah, we did a email correspondence. And he's like, no, we didn't. Good, good try. Go home. Trying to weasel your way in there. But a, a couple of years later, I got, uh, I got him to send some signed, uh, signed glossy to my brother from the, uh, from the Johns. Nice. as a thank you for all of his TMBG support. Yeah.
0: What a, what a good bro. Very oh, Nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, my sisters bought me TMBG merch. So you know, people you know us us Giants fans are pretty vocal about it. So I think when people are like, "What am I gonna get, Greg, for Christmas?" What does they might be Giants have in the store? Right yeah, <laughs> it's a
2: good it's a good family band, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and and, and both my nieces, my sister's kids, love um, Roy G. Biv.
2: Yeah, I got here. Come the ABCs, or maybe it was here. Come science for uh, for my niece. Um, so yep, yep, excited to get her into it. So uh, lyrics time, right? Let's talk lyrics. We're only an hour and ten minutes into recording. Let's get the <laughs> lyrics of the song wrong. <laughs> so let's talk
0: about how the song kicks off. As immediately it made clear that it was going to be one of my favorites when he starts off. Year after year, though, every dream of a pony would end in tears. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and just just right there i'm like bleak that but also that perfect. sentence structure is so strange right yeah you think why why uh why would you say that though every dream of a pony would end in tears is it like um,
0: a yoda-esque type uh grammar, it has
2: yeah it has this passive voice putting mm. this subject in the m- middle of the sentence and like uh, if I had gone to an English class more recently than I have, I'd be able to identify the direct object. But it uh, <laughs> <coughs> it, it has, like, this very... It, it's not how you would talk, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Though yeah, every he, dream he, of a pony would end in tears. It's more poetical, right? And he doesn't say
0: you until what's listed on the lyrics is the third line. Yeah. Year after year, though every dream of a pony would end in tears, the cake was lit, and as you... Right? The person he's talking about takes him a long time to get to the word you. You blew the candles out. So, so the, yeah, the you, which I think most people would assume is a woman, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. A, a woman dreams, you know, it's like that typical little girl's uh, wants a pony for her birthday. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you know, kind of the cliched uh you know what they want what they're hoping for and she's wishing for a pony while she blows out the candles but nope mm-hmm. mom and dad did not get her a pony <laughs> Yep. so she cried your heart uh, but her refilled. heart refilled oh over my. the next year over the next year but then the next year blow out the candles still no pony your yeah. dream was killed
2: <laughs> the, your heart refilled i every single time think about legend of zelda I think about like finding a heart in a, in a jar oh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: or in a bush.
0: <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: when, when you kick off a song with that as the first <laughs> verse, I'm like, Oh my God, Lino, I love you. This is amazing. Like it's sad and funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not like silly. It's like, no, that is sad but I got a chuckle because of the way he said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a little girl crying. Why am I laughing at the thought of a little girl crying?
2: <laughs> it also has this this abruptness to it, right? Like, and every year your dream was killed. <laughs> um, yeah, rhythmically, that's perfect. Delivery. It really just doesn't pull that punch in a way that's pretty humorous. Um, yeah. And then so then I think
0: we immediately jump to uh, the her being a grown woman. Unless she's drinking as a child, but <laughs> you may take an ocean of whiskey and time. So, so it does say, this it woman's may had take a lot an of an let, a letdowns. An ocean of whiskey
2: and time. So you could still be saying this to a child. It's like, look, I know in the future, you're not there yet, but someday it's you're still going to take, gonna gonna take an drinking. ocean of whiskey and time.
0: <laughs> I'm predicting you will be a drunk. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this woman, that so those were her first uh, big letdowns, is that she didn't get a pony. Uh, but now, to wash all of the letdown out of your mind she's taken to uh the bottle <laughs> and,
2: and, time, which, and time which heals all wounds they say
0: and time so let's get to the um the, the man in this story uh again I, you know i don't know i'm assuming
2: and so we're we're skipping down to you wanted tall
0: well, I'm thinking this may not be the thing you requested, but well, I am I, the answer to right. all your prayers. So yeah. here comes the guy who is singing the song, you know, Linnell's character that he's voicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess my confusion here, or, or I wanted to ask your opinion on this. He says, I'm the answer to all your prayers. But then we jump to the agents and eavesdropping portion.
2: Look, Greg, I don't know thing one about these agents. <laughs>
0: I, I guess my question is that, and you've, if you've listened to any episodes of this podcast, many times I like to just enjoy the lyrics as being literal. Now, <laughs> in this case, so you, most songs people could debate and take it both ways, but wouldn't it be hilarious if this guy, he's somehow nabbed this woman and into a relationship? You know, uh-huh. she's okay. she's settled for him, right? right? He's kind of a letdown, but she's settled. He's got her, and he's working for the FBI, and he's undercover. <laughs> he's wearing a wire,
2: <laughs> and he's working undercover for the man. <laughs> yeah, um... Exactly. Oh, it's a sequel. <laughs> yeah, it's a so- sequel. <laughs>
0: so um, he's he's wearing a wire and
2: for some reason yeah this girl that, is being tapped by the fbi <laughs> that would be fun my so actually my interpretation before i started reading the tmbw interpretations i had my own and then i forgot mine because some of those interpretations are just so some of them are awesome and some of them yeah. i fully agree with and so oh, we can get to those but what find, was yours so mine was 100? uh yeah thank you um mine is that this is a, uh, an angel. Like this is Mm. the, he's an angel sequel Uh, effectively uh. that, uh, that eavesdropping upstairs as in heaven, um, answer to all your prayers. Um, and that this person is like, I have been sent by God. I am your soulmate. I am your guardian angel of love. Um, and, I came in under five four. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, Angels and are that,
0: typically like you know Cupid size
2: now, <laughs> and I think that it's like jabbing at um, people who believe in spiritual determinism, mm. who uh, but also are super disappointed in their life. Like everything yeah, and, is what God makes. And I think you it. are
0: you are, and I would uh, I'm I like your interpretation and. I think literal is not the way to take this song. I'm just thinking that would be hilarious. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So I I think it's like uh, people who are like, you know, uh, this is all God's plan, but also I really, really don't like what's happening to me right now. And my, the subversion of expectation is part of, is a through line, obviously, right. That Mm -hmm. we expect all of these grand things for our lives. And then, The world isn't that kind um and and so that's that's what i read all of this as um but i also never read a they might be giants song and fully believe my my stance on it you know i always leave a lot of room for doubt and wiggle room and like like you've said before they have been explicit that you know, uh, we don't have strong interpretations in mind when we write these lyrics a right. lot of the times. Or they won't tell us. <laughs> right. That's that's <laughs> fair. Yeah.
0: Or they'll say conflicting things at different times. Yes. Uh, and that's why they're such a good band to have a podcast about. You know, I used to listen to this podcast about uh, Blink-182, who <clears throat> uh, Hold a Spot for Me as a band I liked in high school, mm-hmm. but th- I do not listen to that much anymore, but... I had been listening to the, it was a song by song podcast actually the first one that I'd ever heard and you know at least they kind of gave me the idea for a podcast like this mm-hmm. um, but <clears throat> it became You're apparent out. it be <laughs> no no I don't listen to it anymore uh, t- those guys are kind of weird but it became clear very early that there is no deeper meaning in any Blink One Eighty Two song and they're just singing about a girl or pooping, or boners, or whatever, yeah. and that's what the song's about. So the episodes became a little boring, or they would talk about other stuff. I mean, I love a good tangent, but sure. there's really very little to talk about in those songs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Surprises let me know she cares.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, those were some good power chords they played in that song. Oh, there's some pretty good power chords they play in this song. Uh-huh. Oh. Travis Barker's drumming. I mean, that's, you know, yeah. where else do you go? So anyway, the, uh, let's see, are there any other lines in particularly w- w- that we want mm-hmm. to mention? Because there's
2: so many good ones. I mean, it, the, as for handsome, well, can't help you there. So make <laughs> of it what you will. That and the ocean <laughs> of whiskey and time is what made me like Glean. I always have a problem when a new They Might Be Giants song, uh, album comes out. Um, it always takes me a couple listens to, to like fall in love with it. Um, and when I got to answer, I was sold on Glean by the end of answer. I was like, okay, I do love this album. Um, and so that was a quicker falling in love process than I have with some of their albums. And I always end up loving them and I know that I will, but it sometimes takes me a little bit to fully fall.
0: Yeah. You know, it's it's odd that it was their first single, but they put it all the way at track five. And I think most bands will front load their albums, yes. put the best song at track one or track three, uh, typically. Um, but for They Might Be Giants, they are not going to have just 10 songs on an album. No. They never have had only 10 songs on an album, except for the Escape Team. And for them, track five is still early in the album because their songs are short. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so I think my favorite lyric, as a rather pale individual, is <laughs> is right before that, you asked for dark, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, you exactly. know, is this, this yes. verse. You asked for dark, I tend to sunburn a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And then we've got the double chorus to bring the, the song home at the end with the slight mm. melodic change uh, for the... It should be clear to you by now. And, you know, the one—the hardest thing for me in that these songs I love, I like to be able to sing the entirety of the song, and I'm pretty good at memorizing lyrics. But this song throws me off in that he says he changes every time the pre-course, or what I'm calling the pre-course, this may not be the thing you requested. Uh, Second time, he says, this may not be the item you selected. Yeah. Uh, the next time, I may not be the one you expected. <laughs> and then in every chorus, he says, when will you recognize that I'm the answer to all your prayers? Mm-hmm. Uh, when will you realize that I'm the answer to all your prayers? Um,
2: when will you when get? Will
0: you, when, when will you get? And yeah. then it should be clear to you by now. And getting the order of those, I would always sing them <laughs> wrong oh yeah did you Those sing slight the song changes you know did oh, you sing yeah. the song um, greg <laughs> is it time to get to the covers section
2: do you think it is
0: i don't know What are there any other uh well things so, about the original version you'd like to
2: so you gave a take on it's on it as a literal piece <laughs> do you have do you have like a take that you read this as or is this one that you leave fully open like when you hear this, you mean what as are a more you... seriously interpret, more serious interpretation? Yeah. What's what's going on in your head when you're listening to this?
0: Um, you know, I think, and when I went to the interpretations tab, as you mentioned, you know, there are some that are similar to, um, what you were saying, like, you know, upstairs being heaven, mm-hmm. um, you know, and surveillance is like God listening right. to them or listening to her or whoever. And, um, I don't know if I would quite gotten that far in my interpretation. And this podcast has got me thinking deeper about lyrics. But I think, like oddly, like a lot of my guests, I used to be, at least with They Might Be Giants, someone who just liked to learn the words to sing along because I loved the melody mm-hmm. and would not necessarily be thinking about some like thesis paper I might write about the lyrics. Now, right. it's fun to interpret them. But I wouldn't necessarily have to interpret the lyrics to enjoy this song. Nice. So you know, I don't think I necessarily thought of it as as literally um, but probably somewhere between literally and what oh what what could that actually be about? It's probably not literally. what could it actually be about you know, I, I thought about it, but not necessarily like in in multi-paragraph form
2: <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, Covers
0: Covers Okay um, When I went looking for covers I was surprised Again this is a single It's an album that's almost five years old uh, So it's not brand new It's not an obscure deep cut um, It's one that they play live uh, They've played it they played it on Conan They've played it nearly 90 times According to the wiki I only found one One proper cover that's it. So let's play that first. Um, this is, and I'm going to listen to it a little bit again because I haven't listened to it in a minute. Yeah. Do you want me to send you the link, or um, you know what I'm talking about? This is the user YouTube user Pencils and Pills, right? Doing answer. Uh, it is a lady with an acoustic guitar in front of the classic brick wall backdrop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Really like this cover. Yeah. I like her voice a lot. It's great.
0: Um and I think you had mentioned before when we were just chatting beforehand that the mix, I mean it's just her playing in front of a camera, it's not so studio right. recording. Would you say the guitar's a little loud maybe? The guitar's a little
2: <laughs> loud for the voice, but um but I think that's just a feature of having a single microphone. Yep. And doing it all at one time And then maybe the positioning of the mic If it was a little bit higher up It would catch her voice more than the uh, drum of the guitar But right. I mean Those things aside Gorgeous voice Really cool Yeah, The interpretation is pretty straight But it's not note for note um, She actually changes the key I just noticed Yeah Oh interesting um,
0: She Yeah cause I just noticed when I was watching that just now I'm like she's playing an F chord yeah, There I is like, no F chord in this song.
2: I like in So she's changed when it. She's, she's
3: like...
0: Yeah. She's changed it from the key of D to the key of C is what it looks like to me. Yeah. Or wait, the key of G. No? The key of C. Yeah. So, so like, she changed the key so that she could probably... She's moving the key down a step so that she can sing up an octave. Mm-hmm. You know, in more of the alto register that she's got. And she even kicks it up. She stays down low for the verse, but then she kicks it up for the All This Time, which I think has a really cool effect.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you know, not trying to not trying to shout out uh, too hard, but, like, this performance makes me want to listen to more of her covers. Like, I just saw that yeah. she has a Steam Powered Giraffe Honeybee cover. Uh, I don't know if you know that song, but it's no. very, very pretty. Uh they are a very interesting band. They're a steampunk um, kind of, I don't know, folk slash metal band. Um, anyways, anyways, I'm I'm excited to look at more of Pencils and Pills music uh, on the YouTube. Yeah, nice um, work. I don't think it
0: has her real name here. Um, she's oh, she says in the description. I didn't write the song. Obviously, it's way too good to be mine. I hope I look at least a little like John Linnell, though.
2: Yeah, isn't that great? And <laughs> her hair,
0: yeah, the way her she's hair got, she's got some to of the, the Linnell aesthetic, I'd say. Yeah, like Apollo um, 18 when John Linnell's hair was a little yeah. longer and would in his face.
2: <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't yeah. have the uh, the the eyeball flirt that he does when he's singing. Uh, he did it in the Conan one, and it was very <laughs> reminiscent of um, was it the Anna Ang music video? Anyways, there was this move that that. uh Is a classic Linnell eye move. Oh, yeah. He loves to look at the camera. And then look up a little (laughs) bit uh, coyly. (laughs) Yeah, he looks at the camera and then looks away a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then uh, the only other, I'm going to say, quote unquote cover I could find. uh, This is one I just talked about with Cornmo, uh, or an artist I talked about with Cornmo. This guy who is on SoundCloud, the username is Ratmos. I can't figure out this guy's real name. Uh, Ratmos, And he did this whole project in 2015 where he decided to do what he calls lyric covers, meaning that...
2: You, You talked about it on Bob Nana's episode, too.
0: Yeah. For people that skip around and don't listen to every episode, I'll just say real quick, what Ratmos does here is in 2015, apparently, They Might Be Giants would release the lyrics to the song the day before that they would actually put the song up on YouTube. So this guy was looking at the lyrics before he actually heard the song. So what he was doing is writing his own music using They Might Be Giants lyrics. It's kind of like, and you probably know this since you like Woody Guthrie, how Wilco and Billy Bragg took uh, Woody Guthrie lyric sheets that his granddaughter had found and wrote songs around them. Um, So that's what this guy did is he made up his own song here's the link he made up his own uh music to go along with the lyrics of answer he had not heard the song he only had the lyrics so i'm going to drop that in this is ratmos doing his version of answer
3: Though every dream of a pony would end in tears The cake was lit and as you blew the candles out Your heart refilled And every year your dream was killed It may take an ocean of whiskey and time To wash all of the letdown out of your mind and this may not be the thing you requested, but I am the answer to all your prayers.
2: All this time- Interesting, he's not even going for a Giants style. I mean, this, this feels folky. Yeah. And he put this together in one day i'm guessing
0: yeah i mean it's just acoustic guitar and vocals uh yeah, sure. for all
2: of these so
0: it's you know it's not like many many multi-tracks sure but sure. um i will say ratmos this is kind of crazy in the description he says so far this track and no cops are the only ones where i like my own version better than tmbg Ooh, dude big
2: words ratmos
0: i'm gonna say you're wrong there uh answer is amazing your version is fine but
2: uh no kudos to you on the project though so i think one interesting departure is that his version is really um soaking in the darkness of the lyrics
3: Mm, mm -hmm.
2: in its in its tonal sound whereas the giants version is like let's put this very silly tone on these like pretty like dark, in a realistic way, lyrics. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so he takes it a little more... Yeah, yeah, exactly. He matches the feel of the song with the lyrics, which, yeah. They Might Be Giants, typically, that's the juxtaposition that I love, is that it's a super catchy song they've been doing all the way back since Don't Let's Start, a super catchy song about everybody dies frustrated and sad and that is beautiful. You know, they're not like everybody dies frustrated and sad. You know, it's no, it's a catchy song about someone being disappointed in their life. Yep. (laughs) And that's what I love. So Ratmouse, kudos on this, this crazy project you did in 2015. Super Uh, cool. Yeah. So then I was like, well, that's just a lyric cover. It's interesting. And we'll play it on the episode, but there's only one cover pins and pencils. I'm going to do my own cover. I've been wanting to cover this song. Uh, Haven't yet. I'm going to do it. And in a a couple short sessions of two days, I recorded my own cover of Answer.
2: Did you think about that before my Twitter karaoke joke?
0: I had already started recording it. Okay, cool, 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 cool. (laughs) yeah about us doing karaoke to the song i don't know if there's a karaoke version but there
2: is not i did look
0: (laughs) yeah yeah but so let's listen to my cover of answer year after
3: year though every dream of a pony Take an ocean of whiskey and time to wash all of the letdown out of your mind. And this may not be the thing you requested, but I am the answer to all your prayers. All this time, in 70 dropping upstairs. Will you recognize that I am the answer to all your prayers? You ordered well. All of the letdowns out of your mind And this may not be the item you selected But I am the answer to all your prayers All this- then you ask for dark I tend to sunburn a lot As for handsome well Can't help you there So make of that What you will It may take an ocean Of whiskey and time To wash all of the down Out of your mind And I may not be the one you expected But I am the answer To all your prayers All this time
0: So I sent this to you just uh, yesterday evening when Mm -hmm. I finished late, late night. I I finished Mm -hmm. it at about midnight last night and we are recording at uh, we started at noon today. So I finished it at almost literally the last second and I decided that, you know, I thought about a couple different ways to approach it. My previous thoughts for, for covering this was going to be to turn it into a punk version. And really take the junt, 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 and speed it up to junt, 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 though every dream of a pony would end in tears. But then I, started mess- I was messing around on my MIDI keyboard uh, through Ableton Live is the software I use. I'd been working on some of my own songs. And i have been messing around with the MIDI keyboard, which I use to demo stuff because it's easy to fix notes and change sure. tones. For sure, for you don't sure. have to commit. And I found this cool atmospheric uh, synth pad tone. And it's called like Celestial something. And it adds like these weird overtones to your chords. So when I'd play just like a big D chord to start the song, it had this weird other kind of otherworldly thing to it. And I'm like, I'm going to do a dream pop meets new wave cover of this somewhere between like Beach House, the band Beach House Mm -hmm. meets New Order. So... It starts out very atmospheric and slower and not to a click track and then it locks in to this weird da, 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 another cool bass tone I found. Dude,
2: your version is so cool.
0: And then I added a little guitar over top. So yeah, well uh, what'd you think? I said save your opinions for the recording. And yeah. don't don't hold back. If you don't like it, that's
2: fine. You like so you liked it? Oh, so much. Um it's dreamy. It is super ethereal. <laughs> um tons of reverb tons of reverb it kind of has a uh it's like a very slowed down initially that like opening part reminds me of big star for whatever reason mm. um and then and then it turns into this like dancey <laughs> version i'm glad you didn't go with the with the punk pop punk version because like it's almost too easy with the Staccato yeah. nature of the lyrics, like yeah, it's... maybe
0: you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm just this like is I'm, you know. Totally I started, left field. I tar- started just exploring these MIDI tones that are available on Ableton and using the synth tones to inspire the direction of the cover. I so can, I use the instrument to inspire the tone I took.
2: I could easily see this as a track playing in the background of a high school prom scene in an indie film from 2012. That's trying to yeah. reference eighties, uh, youth <laughs> montages, um, This in stranger things. <laughs> yeah. A little stranger thingsy or, um, or even like, uh, I could see it in the background of something. That's like a, a more modern version of what was that vote for Pedro movie, Napoleon dynamite. Um, yeah
0: who I dressed up for as, uh, for Halloween one. John Heater. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: I dressed up as Napoleon. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm like for me almost, what is the point of doing a cover? I mean, if you're going to go to like an open mic night and just strum along and sing it, that's fine. And that's fun. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to like really properly release a cover, you got to do your own spin on it. I totally mean, agree. maybe not necessarily go this far off that I did, but I'm like, I'm just going to have fun with this. Let's make it, uh, you know, a little silly and just, you know, I love the song. Make it my own uh, version of the song. And yeah. uh, there you go. And I the, think I'm going to go ahead and put it up on the uh, this might be a podcast absolutely. bandcamp Absolutely. I'll put it as a free download as well. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad you liked it. You know, I only yeah. spent about two hours on it. So Part <laughs> I think believe, it came out all
2: right. <laughs> for me, the less like the original that a cover is, the better. Um, yeah. So long as it's good. And you happen to hit both marks highly. Um, I thought it was <laughs> beautiful. And I, I love the zips and the zaps, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with lyrics. Yeah, again, I love it was the zips and with zaps like, with lyrics.
0: Fun with software, you know. Typically, mm-hmm. I like to record with more analog instruments, sure. or you know, and I do have a uh, Roland Juno 60, very uh, 1982 analog synthesizer. But like I said, I was writing songs, and MIDI is just so easy to tweak. I was just finding these tones, and that's what put me in that direction. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. And that's why it only took about two hours, is because there was some copy and pasting going on with the bass part.
2: <laughs> well, from something that you'd already put together. That's
0: well, what like I wrote music out music is for yeah yeah
2: I wrote yeah. out the first verse,
0: copied the MIDI to the second verse.
2: You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> the drum
0: beat's a sample. I didn't create the drum beat; it was a sample. You know,
2: so uh, I don't think anybody it, has docking points for that. I think that's just how.
0: That's fully songs are made and these in days and all that right right we need to score this song mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we're it, it's time it's time no more putting it off what would you give this song one to ten with decimals if you'd like
2: yeah um so i'm gonna do uh your version first and then i'm gonna, yeah <laughs> <laughs> then i'm gonna do the giants um oh, okay
0: my cover's getting a score
2: i'll be honest i Kind of like your version better than <laughs> theirs, um, uh, uh, partly because it's so right. different. Like, it's fresh for you. It so. is. It's fresh for me. But also, answer is an excellent version of a sound that they've mastered. But it is a sound that they've mastered. Whereas yeah, what you as, put as out, as we've
0: talked about, that pop rock wheel has now was yeah.
2: definitely distinct. Anyways, anyways. So, answer. I'm going to put it at an 8.25. I was really stuck between 8 and 8.5 and so I'm going splitting the splitting the post, 8.25. Nice. I am going
0: 8.9. 8.9. I, al- I was almost going to go 9, but uh, you know, that's I it's hard to list non-classic songs at 9s and 10s, but this one almost hits it. Be brave. It, you know. Be brave. Yeah, you know... I think I got to go 8.9, okay. you know, it's, it's practically a nine. Um, again, for maybe the reasons you said is that it's maybe a little bit safe stylistically mm-hmm. for them, but I love that spot. And there's a reason that they sit in that wheelhouse these days. Yes, uh, cause they're, they just, knock it out of the park. Like they that. knock it out
2: of the park. Yeah. The, the lyrics an song. are
0: amazing. The melody is amazing. That's why I wanted to cover it. It's just so much fun. 8.9 from me.
2: How often often is your score higher than guests?
0: Not often. (laughs) Very rarely, actually. I'm having trouble even thinking of a time. I mean, I say it all the time. I got to leave some headroom because I'm scoring all of them, and my guests are typically only scoring one or two (laughs) songs. (laughs) So, um, yeah, 8.9. So do you have anything else you want to plug? Do you know when your radio show is going to be coming back on or not?
2: well, the impact area for that show is so small that it, it plugging it is, is a little silly. But does um, it go streaming? Li- uh, it does stream, but it only yeah. streams live. Um, what I want to plug is find the volunteer radio station on your dial wherever you are. There's almost certainly going to be one. And, uh, you know have a couple days a week where instead of listening to your podcast, your Spotify, you're listening to that volunteer station. I guarantee you're going to yeah. find a show that you love. I guarantee that that's to me, that is the best way to find new music that I haven't heard before. And that I love it's better than any algorithm they've made. Um, yeah, yeah, I will, I will
0: fully endorse that message. And Cara and I had a radio show in college, uh, And it's actually... There's a picture of us in our radio station from about 2000... I think it would have been about 2002 the picture was taken, maybe. Early 2003. And we actually made the cover of our last uh, Outdoor Valor album called Our Songs, um, which is an ironic title, isn't it? It's a cover album, and we do Dr. Mm -hmm. Dr. Worm on there. Um, But it's it's a picture of us doing college radio. And and yeah, like you said, public radio um, and college radio are... Amazing places to find out about new bands or underground old bands. And Mm -hmm. we called our show eclectic and otherwise because we thought our taste is so diverse. We thought a lot of our tastes. We played everything from TMBG to Dylan to I mean, and then we've we've joked about it. We're like, we never played any classical or jazz or that much rap i'm like we weren't that eclectic but we thought we were pretty cool so yeah uh i've have, i've have fond memories of that and good luck on getting your radio show back up on the air it sounds pretty awesome well, and thank you let me much. know let me know when it does yeah because i'd like to listen you know even you know i might be relocating oh, yeah.
2: soon from arizona back to memphis and if i do that i'm going to try hard to get on to uh 89.9 W E V L which is my favorite radio station of all time. It's the volunteer station there. Mm, I did a okay. guest spot on it recently. Beautiful. That's, so I'll let, I'll let you know. Ringing endorsement. Yeah,
0: yeah, please do. And,
2: uh, all right, so I think me. we'll...
0: Uh, yeah, man, thanks for being on, Michael, and thank you for waiting so patiently. Um, you know, giving me a nudge is fine. I just <laughs> had to go way back in those Twitter DMs be like, oh, my God. Michael... Has been waiting for a year. So I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen. So thanks, man.
2: Me too. Me too.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I will talk to you later. And uh, yeah, the uh, ringing in 2020. Uh, everybody, happy new year. And I uh, hope everyone's 2020 is awesome. So yeah. if you'd like to reach this might be a podcast, you can email me this might be a pod at Gmail or on Twitter at this might be a pod. Facebook.com slash This Might Be A Podcast. Uh, I've got This Might Be A Podcast.com that I need to update more. I'm always lazy about that. but uh, And you can also leave me voicemails at 224 801 2930. And uh, head to the Patreon if you like, patreon.com slash This Might Be A Podcast. If you want to help support uh, my, you know, help beef up my public educator salary which is very very much lower than it should be
2: <laughs> uh, fully, agreed. fully agreed solidarity
0: yeah alright so we'll call it a day this is a nice long one for our listeners I appreciate it uh, the last few have been under an hour so what's what's the deal with that uh, so thanks Michael for uh, giving me so much of your Sunday <laughs> well thank you Gregory <laughs> alright we will see y'all later it should be clear
1: now that I am the final answer to all your